The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please share it with a friend or a colleague or an enemy if you want to torture somebody, really, whatever. We like the attention. I want to thank our sponsor right off the top, the All-Inclusive Podcast with Jay Ruderman. It is a great show with some great interviews on it and all kind of around a great cause. The All-Inclusive Podcast with Jay Ruderman. Find that anywhere you find your podcasts. And speaking of podcasts, I have, well, this guy might be a future podcast star. As of now, when he came in here, I think he was lamenting that he's the only person on earth who doesn't have a podcast, but, but he certainly knows it all about digital world. He's my friend. He is the founder and CEO of Oram Corporate Advisors, and he's going to tell us why we should be scared about all kinds of security stuff on our websites. And it's Ryan Barrett, and he's here in the virtual studios. Actually... I'm so used to saying the virtual studios. Ryan is here in the actual studio. Yes. Right <laughs> Good here to our, be here. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think of the place? Ah, it's so big. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's not that. It's, it's kind of like underground radio here in a secret podcast bunker here in, in Westwood. But at any rate, so Ryan's going to scare us about the, the web, like I said. he uh, First of all, if you want to learn more about Ryan, I'll tell you right away. It's oramca.com, oramca.com. And in a nutshell, you consult with companies who want to know what might be what best practices for their website, their entire data security business. Cybersecurity landscape, yeah, okay. exactly. All right. How does one get into this? How did I get into yeah, it, or did, yeah. how did Juan get into well, it? <laughs> <laughs> did, well, I started off like most. I went to college. I went to Wentworth here in Boston and went to, came out, did some computer consulting for many years. And naturally, with computer consultation, you lead towards data security. Like, what is the most important thing? It's not necessarily the fact that Dave can't get his email or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's protect Dave's employees and his family to make sure that they don't get hacked or, or they don't make a mistake, which is what mostly happens, right? Mm-hmm. Us as individuals, we're flappable and we can make mistakes all the time. So the best thing that we can do is educate and have the software and systems in place that even if you do educate and someone does make a mistake, you have another layer of security to protect you in an instant or something where to go bad. Do you get more calls from companies who are looking to do preventative, smart preventative work or do you get companies who are in a panic saying, all the screens are blank. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say most calls that we get is usually from a friend saying, hey, I know a guy. You need to talk to this guy right now <laughs> okay, right. Okay. because there's so. something that's going on. But don't get me wrong. Massachusetts has done a great job of putting the word out there and needing to have like a written information security policy for most of their organizations. And so we do get those proactive companies that say, hey, we hear that you've done a great job in this arena. We'd like to have a conversation with you to see what it's about. So to get our to ride our ship, if you will. Mm-hmm. I know because I've participated with you on. Uh, well, I helped you with a, a presentation. I shouldn't say uh, no one was listening to me. I was just kind of <laughs> helping along. But anyways, you were talking about some areas of the web that people don't even realize are out there, and 
Well, first of all, what's the dark web? Because I want to know. I want to know if I should be spending time on the dark web, maybe. It depends on what you want to do, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to train killer penguins yeah, and right. I fig- and uh, arm them with missiles or something. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something illegal. I don't know. Is it all nefarious sorts that are on there? Right. Well, it's not necessarily nefarious sorts, but yeah. yes, there's a lot of that. So think about all your typical Facebook, CNN, Boston.com type of websites. Let's mm-hmm. consider that the surface. Okay. If it was like an iceberg, that would be the top, what's above the water, and the dark web would be what's below the water. Mm-hmm. And what that is is just an amalgamation of a whole bunch of different servers that people share information, share money about what's going on above the surface. A good example is when staples.com gets hacked or the Wall Street Journal gets hacked. What does that really mean? That means someone probably got your email address and your password for your account. And they want to put it on, back in the day, they were called bulletin board systems, for those who remember that. But they want to put that out there for sale. So they have a marketplace Mm -hmm. that's underneath the surface of, of the backbone of the Internet. And there are many different sites and chat channels that gather this information and resell it to other nefarious characters to do what they will with it. And it's usually not the person that's usually doing the hacking that is actually, they're just doing the hacking so they can resell it. They don't necessarily may not want to get involved in the the ultimate hack to say, hey, I want to find out what David Yaz's credit card is like or bank account. They're they're more to say, here's the credentials. Do with it what you will. Pay me 50 cents for every email and password combination that I give you. Mm -hmm. And then they walk away. So Mm. that's a dark web, essentially. Drugs, illicit behavior, things like that that go on just how simple. How do you know how to get on? Have you been on it? You have, it's, right? It's not, you have to. It, it, well, it's not like what you think. It's not like you walk through. It's not like <laughs> you take a blue pill. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden right. the word changes. Right. It's just Think about it, just going to a website that you shouldn't be going to. Okay. And then oh, you're okay. interacting with that. But, so it's the regular web. Yeah. It's just a part of the web. Exactly right. Oh, okay. Exactly right. But they call it the dark web. Yeah. Uh, some connotation there. <laughs> right. The other thing I remember you t- telling about, which is even more scary, are just... The posers, the scammers, the and how some of them have gotten so sophisticated, right? Yeah. You can get an email that, that looks perfectly like it. And by the way, I get, you were talking about this text messages also. Because yeah. I, I get a text message that said, you need to pay $230 or your electricity is going to get shut off. And the first time I got it, I, I didn't fall for it hook, line, and sinker, but I definitely thought it was real because sometimes I pay my electric bill late. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, so, and so, and then I kind of realized, like, wait a minute. It's coming from some number that doesn't look like it's uh, the name of the power company. Although the name of the power company might have been in the text, but it wasn't. It didn't look like it was coming. It looked like coming from someplace random. So is that running rampant these days? Or yeah. What? So because of the pandemic, phishing attacks, we're off our game as human beings. For the last fifteen to eighteen months, we've been some people stay at home teachers, yeah. stay at home people that used to work out in the commercial workspace, interacting with their employees are now. Managing their time between Zoom calls and teaching your kids how to stay in school and on their thing. So we're not in a way right now where we are completely on our game. We're completely paying attention, if you will. So what's the easiest way to to take someone's money and nefariously rob them, if you will, is like send them an email that they're halfway paying attention to, like you said. And you're like, did I pay the bill? Maybe I should click this link because it's telling me to click this link right now. And that's what you got to look for. It's look for bad grammar it's making you want to do an action immediately and it's trying to skip you up or trip you up a little bit so that you make that first action and then they get you Mm -hmm. so like oh did you get an email 
someone just logged into your Facebook account. Am I in Facebook account? I don't know. Right, let yeah, me yeah. click this link. Oh, let me put my password to see if it was me. Right. That and then from there on, they got you, right? Yeah, you wow. hear about this all the time. How many times a week do you get someone that says, hey, I think my account got hacked. And yeah. now I'm spewing all this political rant. That's not really me. Right, so right, right. It happens all the time. That's credential hacking. It happens to your email if you don't have multi-factor authentication on it. And it, it's a real thing. It happens every day, all day. What... A, what I take it there are the phishing you refer to are these people just looking for any way to get your data that they might use it to, for their advantage in some illegal way. Is that what's going on on Facebook when you see these kind of weird posts that say, they say like, I bet you can't name a rock band that doesn't have the letter A in it, right? Yeah. And so th th those are the weirdest ones. The more simple ones that are easier to spot as is fishing activities is like my first car was a Buick. What was yours? <laughs> right, right. And every idiot is writing down in the comment what their first car was, not realizing that's a security question, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So, or tell me your mother's middle name yeah. and her first name and her last name. What town did you grow up? Right. Yeah. I I saw a good one that was like, uh, I bet you can't remember your childhood phone number. Right. right. And right, so right. And people are typing in their phone numbers, which it's is I can tell you my I use my child phone num <laughs> number for like one of my passwords or whatever. So that so I picture like all these guys like they're all living in basements and they're all dirty and there's a whole bunch of them and they're scheming and they're but then like, is there really a force so powerful that it, it's gathering bit by bit things like your mother's maiden name or they open just to kind of hit on something where they, they get your mother's maiden name. They know your name mm -hmm. and then just start to poke around and try to see if they can get into your bank accounts or something like that. Well, or? you'd be surprised how much the public knows about you and your browsing history. Don't be scared. Yeah, <laughs> I, I should be. <laughs> but, you know, if you go to Oracle, which is a publicly traded company, and you say, hey, I'd like to know anyone that makes a hundred to $150,000 that lives in Needham, Massachusetts. Right. You can pull that data and look at their browsing history and cater your marketing to that person. So think about that on the nefarious side, right? Yeah. So most of the, if they want to attack an organization or a person, most of that is already public or readily available to be purchased. Now they say, okay, I know I have a high net worth individual. I know I have a very well-established company. Let's do some social engineering to get even closer to the target. And so that we can do the hack or do the bank transaction to be authorized as a wire. These little things that you give up on a day-to-day -day basis, they paint the picture to make the actor more powerful when they go to authorize that wire transaction. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you need to know my childhood phone number? You yeah. need to know my mother's maiden name? You might have put that on Facebook six months ago, right. but now that data is out there and they're using that against you. And that's why we, we tell, be very careful on social media. So, and you advise companies on how to prevent this and the two-factor authentication and good having good, strong passwords, I take it. Yeah. These are all things that are pains in the asses, right? <laughs> right. I don't want that to, because because I, I don't know about you. And, I, and listen, it's good advice. I'm quite sure it's good advice. But it's to the point where, you know, it. I feel like I'm on the prices, right? Every time I log into something I haven't logged into in a while, like enter your password. Did you forget your password? No, I didn't forget it. I just don't remember which one of the five that I typically <laughs> use. And I probably forgot it last time, and so I had to change it to some new thing. 
but necessary evil, I take right. it. Right. Well, you're not alone, right? Yeah. Um, human nature, the reason why people hack when they get their passwords from, like, a hack of, like, LinkedIn or Staples or whatever, and they said, you know what? This person may use a similar password for everything else in the world. Right. Your Amazon password is very similar to your LinkedIn or your Facebook password. Oh, damn it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they get you, right? So once they get one, they they get another. But what we would recommend is a password manager. So someone like yourself can remember one password, your favorite rock band with mm-hmm. a couple of numbers or whatever, and then that. Oh my God, he's close. <laughs> how did you know? And that password would unlock the rest of the passwords, oh, okay. right? So that first password, your last password that you would need to know, is the key to get access to the other ones. And then you know what? You don't even care what your Amazon password is. You don't care what your LinkedIn or Wall Street Journal password is because it will just fill it in automatically. Mm-hmm. And for you on your MacBook or wherever you are on your computer, it doesn't matter. At that point, it could be 14 characters with a gobbledygook and it doesn't matter. Right. I can tell you, I don't even know what those passwords are because I just have it a hash and it's auto filled in. And sometimes it even auto-changes without my knowledge. That's good because if uh, terrorists ever kidnap you and put you under one of those spotlights <laughs> and they're trying to torture you saying, what's your password? You're like, I don't even know what it is because exactly I use password right. manager. Once again, it's Ryan barrett founder and CEO of Oram Corporate Advisors. And OramCA.com is where you go if you want to get in touch with Ryan. You absolutely should. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play a game of burning questions, a round of burning questions. And if we have time, we'll do uh, a round of good stuff as well. Still a lot to come on the show, everybody. So hang out. We'll be back in less than a minute. Hi, I'm Jay Ruderman. All Inclusive is a podcast focused on inclusion and social justice. Join me as I interview leaders and experts on the latest news focused on advocacy for social justice. In order to make progress that will lead to a more equitable future, honest discussions must be held. That is what All Inclusive is all about. Listen and subscribe to the All Inclusive podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Visit the show website for more information and full episode transcripts at www.allinclusivepodcast.com. And yeah, we're back with Ryan Barrett, and we're going to play a round of burning questions as soon as I find the button to hit. Oh, there it is. Here we go. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. Setting the mood. All right, Ryan. A few questions for you here. Here we go. Do you remember the first website you ever logged on to? Or what your favorite websites were like back in the day when you first realized it was a thing. <laughs> uh, and uh, keep it clean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, honestly, I think it's the website that I still go to to this day, and it's Boston.com. Oh, okay. It was yeah. like the yeah. first one that I was like, I work now aging myself but we're talking about probably i was like nine and with a 56k dial-up mode yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh. and so i think it was just so there were two things you can go on a couple websites but back then it was a bulletin board system that we would log into for the school and chat between the users by posting in an irc channel um Back and forth between the users. So that was the original social media when you had a whole bunch of dorks in computers that went to <laughs> high school with that you needed to talk to at 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, that's funny. I can remember um, 
the the I remember the fun websites. Wait, here we go. We're dialing up here, and then welcome. You've got mail, right? Um, AOL, yeah. AOL. But when I first started realizing the web was a thing, there were fun things like the internet. Well, IMDb, which that's still around, Internet Movie Database, because right. I'm a movie freak. The lyric, I, I mean, now there are tons of websites that have lyrics to songs, but I was just fascinated that I Be was careful fine. of those websites, by the way. Why? Because most of them are fake. They are supposed to install things on your computer. Oh, great. <laughs> great. They, they post fake lyrics, and the images have bad things on oh. them. Sometimes they make you click on something to download. That was That's a very easy way to get inside someone's computer. Oh God! You know, I'm beginning to think this web, this uh, internet thing, wasn't such a great idea after all. But it does; it, it's a living for you, so I support it in that regard. Um, yeah, the other one was, which is a site that I still go to, which is uh, Snopes, which is the urban legend reference pages. Which uh, is you hear like the we all heard the story of uh, the the actor who played Mikey in the Life Serial commercial died from pop rocks and coke that was like a he drank some, some coca-cola he drank some coca-cola and took a pot and he did, which of course is not true but like you hear these stories as a kid and back in the day we didn't have any way of fact checking them mm-hmm. there was no internet and so snopes is just is just so cool of course it always prompts me when someone posts something stupid on the internet like well i heard that biden was actually born in new zealand or something you can like quickly like go on snopes and find out that i got one for you oh go ahead yeah. i'm an avid person that loves to go to a yard sale Oh, yeah. yeah. I like a good yard sale, yeah. too. My wife is not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also known same. as a hoarder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You're right. No. Right. So I go to this website called bensbargains.net. Okay. And what it is is Amazon might have a sale, Best Buy, Walmart, and all this sort of stuff, and they compile all these ridiculous sales out there. And they put them on the website for you to get. So it's an easy way for you to troll the yard sale of the oh. internet. And if you want, like, electronics or whatever, it's probably stuff that you don't need today. But you're like, you know what? I do need the green screen from Amazon (laughs) behind me for, like, a dollar. Right here. Exactly right. For, like, a dollar off. And you end up, like, (laughs) buying things. So I do troll that website quite a bit. I like it. I'm calling it up now myself because I'm I'm into this. Um, More questions. What was your favorite video game as a kid? Definitely Zelda. Okay, it was on the N- Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, I think I'm a few years older than you. We had the Atari 6400. Uh, joystick. Jo- yeah. Yeah. Single joystick. Like, my son has no idea if he what, would know what to although it's the simplest of things, but he'd be like, what the hell is that? Um <laughs> Some of my friends used to get, like, tendonitis right. from, from playing Atari 6400. Pong, pong yeah. all day. Po- po- yeah, it started with Pong, and then eventually it, it got it, – it improved a little bit, and there was, a, there was a football game on there, but it was terrible. The graphics were so bad. Easy question. Favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Actually, it's actually – um, Go ahead. Chocolate chip vanilla. Okay. Yeah. Chocolate chip. All right. That's like fun. a cookie dough type of scenario? All right. Throw some cookie dough in there, too, mm-hmm. as well. Hot fudge? No, I don't like chocolate at all. Oh, wow. Just a little bit. Like a vanilla bean, just a little bit. Okay. Or vanilla, you know, but Do you like chocolate ice cream? No. Okay, see, I don't either. we got to stick together. Yeah, not yeah. a fan. I like, um, I like most things chocolate, but I, I can't stand dark chocolate. It's like kissing your sister. It's not worth it. I'm a little and bit cho- weird. I don't drink yeah. coffee either. Oh, well, this podcast is over. That's why I, oh, when I offered you coffee, you looked at me like I was crazy. No. Let's see. What's the perfect app, either on a phone or on computer the perfect app that's a pretty steep bar i know or <laughs> well, the one that's made most a difference in your life or the one that's most 
impressed you? I'm going to be very dorky yep. and probably a last pass. What's, so what's that? So know. last pass is my password manager. Oh, okay. And so if I can take something off my brain for a minute and not have to worry about it, that has probably changed my life because now I don't have to care about what my password is. It is what it is. It's in the app. And so you recommend that, huh? Yeah, 100%. Okay. We're a huge LastPass fan in our organization. And can you use it on desktop, laptop? Yeah. as well? You can use it anywhere. Mac, okay. desktop, laptop, iPad, Android right. phone, whatever you want. All right. I'm, I'm learning a lot today. This is great. Favorite superhero? Probably Batman. Because he lives in a dark underground yeah, layer, right. like, like all you web people. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, I think he was just, he was not a superhero, right? He was yeah. just a person that decided to work out and beat people up. I had a for- fight about this somebody, and that's what, that's why Batman is. I don't know what my favorite is, but it's one of he's one of the most compelling. Is because yeah, he is. He doesn't have. He can't leap tall buildings with a single bound. Right. He can't fly. He flies. Well, as like Woody from Toy Story would say, he he falls with style. Right. You know, he he falls and he and he puts his cape out and somehow glides and stuff like that. But. Yeah, he's just a guy, and he's good with the gadgets, and he's yeah. got his his secret helper, Alfred, helping him out and things like that. Yeah, but uh, and a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's that's why it would also be fun to be him. Right. There's a great line in the Michael Keaton Batman, the first one, where he's getting together with Kim Basinger for the first time. They're having dinner in his mansion, and she asks a question about the room, and Michael Keaton goes. Eh. You know what? I don't think I've ever been in this room before. <laughs> Must be nice. Right. What innovation in the future do you think will blow us away? Like we had in our lifetime, we had things like the fax machine was a big deal when it came around, when right. it first came around, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously the internet and then obviously the smartphone. I mean, I think of things like GPS. GPS just it boggles my mind that that actually exists. That there's actually a, a map of like every, everything, every yeah, every nook and cranny. But what do you think will be the big thing in the future? I think in the future, I think it's the way that we do our banking system will change. Right, mm-hmm. that's one of the ones that I kind of held behind a little bit, mm-hmm. and you've seen that change a little bit with cryptocurrency and that everyone is buying into it, but they don't look at the technology behind it. Mm. So if I were to say, if I look at 10 years into the future, the technology behind the way the cryptocurrency is working today is what we would probably see that we're going to bank a little better in the future. Yeah. And we're going to move money faster without people's eyes and ears on them. I have a friend who's in that business, my friend Pete, and he works for a bank and that's his, it's all payment systems. Mm -hmm. And I never understand a word he's talking about. (laughs) I mean, but it's, but I think that's a great answer because- it's something we probably should be worried about every day because, I mean, if I woke up this morning and went to my bank account and saw zero, I would say, okay, good. That's, that's a normal actually, day. That's, actually that's a, a normal, normal day. day. No, but, <laughs> but if I, let's say one day I deposit a check for 50 grand and I go in like two days later and it says, the account says $5. I, I mean, obviously in most cases, it's, this is a, a, a reasonable society. You go to the bank and they try to help figure out, but let's say they can't figure it out. Or let's say one day the, all of Bank America, just the, the system just goes down and right. it doesn't come up. Like, we'd be fooling ourselves if we thought that's impossible. Like, it's right. it's possible. So in this day and age, right now, like, use Bitcoin, for example, there's a public ledger that says a transaction happened. Right. You don't have to go to your Bank of America. You don't have to go to Yeah. Your, but I still think that 
it will be regulated highly, and the banks will have to get their pro rata share of right. holding your money. Right. But I think that there will be a public ledger of those transactions with a little bit of anonymity. Anonymity. Uh, uh, and and, and it, <laughs> it reminds me of the scene in Finding Nemo when right. Nemo's trying to say anemone, but I just can't keep swimming. Just keep swimming, yeah. All right, before Ryan goes, we're going to play a quick round of good stuff. Let's do it right now. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. Ryan has had all of six and a half minutes to prepare for this, so come some slack if you don't like it. But is there something good, anything at all you can recommend to our listeners today? Yeah, and it's non-technical. It's, oh. it's a book by David Allen called okay. Getting Things Done. Oh, cool. It was a recommendation from one of the coaches I work with, and it, it's it been phenomenal. It's literally very simple to narrate for you or to give you the cliff notes. yeah. Just write down everything that's in your head and just do one forward action with that task. Mm. Just say, hey, you know, I have to get groceries. Okay, what's the first thing you got to do? Remember to put a calendar invite in my thing to pick up groceries. Okay, what groceries are you going to get? Just one thing in that action so you take a step in that direction. I could use this. I really could use this. Because <laughs> when I want to get something done, I'll write down like, Get a breakfast burrito because I'm hungry. And then, <laughs> then I'll, I'll be like, oh, that does not help my day. It right. does not help my day. I mean, it tastes good. Yeah, David Allen, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, as you can imagine, available. I mean, you can get it for paperback in the, for 10 bucks. You can right. get it on a Kindle for 15 bucks. I think I'm going to get the... Uh, the audiobook version of this because I could use some help in this regard. I'm a total fan of audiobooks. I sit in the car yeah, now too. that we're driving around to different places again and um, able to get a quick read. I'm a little bit crazy. I listen to it at 2x. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'll get in the car with my daughter and she's like, Dad, what are they saying? <laughs> that's how efficient you are, uh, <laughs> right? Ryan. Um, I that, don't have enough that, time. That's amazing. Yeah. You're listening to like some mystery stories like, she reached behind her and she didn't realize that there was a guy behind her. That's actually pretty accurate. I will recommend a TV show, which is no secret, because if you're on the Netflix at all, you've probably heard of Squid Game. Have you heard of Squid yeah, Game? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, no, just the previews. Okay. I won't spoil it for you, but if you're wondering what the phenomenon is all about and whether it's worth watching, yes, it is. It's very cool. My son Griffin recommended it to me. It is set in a, the word dystopian is used to describe it, but it's really kind of set in the present day in, but it, the, it's in Korean. And so it has nothing to do with politics or anything, but it happens to be a Korean film. And the guy who was our main hero, he's down on his luck a little bit, mm -hmm. and he's approached in mysterious fashion by some guy who eventually invites him to play this game where he can win a billion won or something that the, the the one thing that makes it complicated in the movie is I kept ask, asking Alexa to convert Korean won to U.S. dollars because <laughs> I didn't understand how much was, was at stake. So it's got subtitles, but first of all, I'm going deaf as it is. I mean, not literally, but sometimes it feels that mm -hmm. way. I usually keep the subtitles on anyways, even in, especially if it's a British show. I mean, can't understand a word they're saying. So it's it's cool. It is, there is, it's, it's like nine episodes. You'll breeze right through it. It is violent, so you can watch with kids, but maybe not super young kids. A lot of bullets into the brain. <laughs> I mean, not, it's not gore for the sake of gore. Like, there's a point. The guy gets taken away to this mysterious place where he plays this game against, like, hundreds of other people, and they soon discover the stakes were higher than they could possibly have imagined. So you can figure out what happens. But, yeah, Squid Game. So, All right, I'll check so, it out. 
All right. I want you to report back to me, Ryan. All right. All right. And once again, uh, I hope you had fun on the Boston Podcast, Ryan. I had a great time. Well, you were an amazing guest, and I'm recovering from being at Fenway Park last night. Yeah, socks. Yeah. And so thank you for no being. No ma. No ma. <laughs> no ma's no long gone. That guy was wicked good, though, when he was here. Ryan Barrett, once again, you want to go to oramca.com to find out more about Ryan and everything he does. What Thanks if I for having me. You got it, buddy. Now I'm just going to go cower in a corner in the fetal position and worry about everything on my computer. And also get a password manager. That'll be smooth. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Once again, if you like us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your pods. Go to all the all-inclusive podcast with Jay Ruderman. Great show. Check them out. And if you want your own podcast, kids, go to pod617.com to get started. And let's talk. You could be here in the Westwood studio or at home recording your podcast, you could be the next big podcast star. On behalf of Ryan Barrett, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.